0: Welcome back, everyone, and a big welcome to our new listeners. I am so excited today to welcome Mariah Leach. She is a writer, a patient advocate, and a fellow mama of three. She lives with rheumatoid arthritis. And after learning firsthand the challenges of facing pregnancy and motherhood with chronic illness, Mariah has become passionate about supporting women with chronic illnesses who are or want to become mothers. She launched Mamas Facing Forward, a website and support group for moms and moms to be with chronic illness in 2015. If I only would have known then I was (laughs) pregnant and my first is seven was born in 2015. What an amazing resource you have built. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to be connecting and to talk. I'm happy to be here. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about your story, how you came to be doing the work you're doing? Sure. So I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 25
1: years old. At the time, I was in the middle of a dual degree program at the University of Colorado. I was in law school and also working on a master's in environmental policy. At the time, I didn't really accept my diagnosis and how life-changing it would be for me. I just wanted to power on through, which I'm sure you can imagine. how Yeah, that that's went.
0: something that we hear very commonly in folks that are in law school, medical school, graduate programs. You just keep on. I kept on until I couldn't. And then I took a
1: semester off and got my health a little more under control. And I did finish my degrees, but then I got to the end of that. And I thought about what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to start a family it was a really important goal of mine. And it came to me that starting a law career and starting a family at the same time were just not going to happen while I was managing this disease. So I decided to focus on starting my family. And when I started looking for resources about pregnancy and autoimmune arthritis, it just didn't exist back then. My oldest is 10. Mm. And so this is a decade ago. It didn't exist. Also, there wasn't as much social media. So I didn't know how to go about Mm. finding anybody to talk to. And I just felt alone and unsupported. And I just didn't want other women to have to go through that by themselves. So I originally started Mamas Facing Forward as a Facebook group. And today that Facebook group continues to grow. We've got moms and moms to be from all over the world. And it's an awesome place to like connect with other people who understand what you're going through. And like, it's a great hive mind for troubleshooting because parenting with a chronic illness has some pretty unique challenges. (laughs) So it's a great place to kind of, troubleshoot and figure out how to be the best parent you can be while living with a chronic illness and then a couple of years later I launched mama'sfacingforward.com which is was my attempt to collect all the resources that do exist on pregnancy and parenting with chronic illness and put them all in one place and then I work to try to fill in the gaps by creating my own resources in places where I think they're missing that's a little bit about mama's facing forward I'm so excited to what it's grown into today you're not the first person to say they wish they had found it sooner but I have Lots of people who, even as it's been a resource for me, I started it prior to my third pregnancy. It was the support to me through my third pregnancy as well. So I both gain and give, and it's a lot of fun.
0: A good portion of folks who are listening are those who are living with the challenges of chronic illness, but not everyone. What are some of the recurrent things that you'll hear or that you've experienced in challenges that have come up for you? Or those in the group? I think that an overarching theme is
1: parenting when you're either in pain or dealing with kind of a level of fatigue. And of course, all parents deal with pain it and fatigue and yeah. lack of rest and all of that. To a certain extent, The stuff we talk about is applicable to all parents. There's another level of it if you're dealing with some sort of chronic illness. Then the thing that comes up a lot when you're talking about pregnancy or breastfeeding would be medication compatibility and how do you treat your condition, whatever it is, while also having a safe pregnancy if you want to breastfeed, nourishing your baby safely. There's a lot of choices that kind of intersect between treating your illness and becoming a parent.
0: Absolutely. And I, I encountered this with my third pregnancy. I've talked a little bit that in hindsight, I almost certainly probably had Sjogren's with my first two kiddos and thankfully they've been pretty healthy, but going into even thinking about it, my husband and I had talked and thought about having a third child before the diagnosis and that Diagnosis brought up this question of, okay, what are the risks? How does this change the discussion, the equation? Am I putting a potential baby at increased risk? Some of these very personal discussions that every prospective parent is going to have to think about Mm -hmm. in their journey. And then they just keep coming up. Then there's the portion, for some people, it happens on the other side. They've
1: already become parents and then they get diagnosed with something. And that's obviously not what they were picturing. I guess what I have learned, life is almost never what you were picturing. You have to be able to adapt, but it's a process to figure out how to adapt to this and also juggling being a parent at the same time. So I think for you are in that journey, like it's helpful to talk to people who have been there because then you realize that you're not fighting, you're not dealing with it alone.
0: Yeah. I think that is so powerful that that isolation that we feel sometimes when we are in these situations that are really life-changing, scary. What's so powerful is that realization that you aren't alone. Yeah. I think that's what's so powerful about the community that you've built. I'm glad that it
1: exists because when I first became a mom, I had several close friends who had babies all at the same time. So there we were going through all the new mom stuff together but I was going through stuff that they had no idea how to support me through. Luckily, the data has improved greatly since then, but I was, for example, having to decide, do I want to treat my RA or do I want to breastfeed my baby? Mm-hmm. Luckily, that's not something you have to decide quite as often anymore as there are starting to be safer medications. But things like that, or how is he safe when I'm holding him because my wrists are hurting today and am I going to drop him? Is he safe? What do I do if I can't? Navigate his baby tiny clothes because my hands are flaring. Mm -hmm. Things like that I just had no one to talk to about. Changing their
0: diapers as they get (laughs) wigglier. One billion times a day. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just thinking now, my 14-month-old, it is like a wrestling match that requires... When possible, four sets, four hands, functioning hand, because he's just all over the place. And the issues
1: keep changing as the kids keep changing. I think now I'm getting to a point where my kids are older. They're starting to understand that what mommy has some health issues and what does that mean? And how do they deal with the anxiety that causes? And how Mm -hmm. do I balance being honest with them with maybe telling them too much and scaring them? It's always an evolving conversation.
0: Yeah, we had, we as a community experienced an unexpected loss of a friend's fellow parent. And so the kids knowing that mommy has health issues, that added to those questions that I think mm-hmm. they and naturally would have had given the circumstances, but it is uncovering new cans of worms with each little, right. <laughs> just when we think it's getting a little easier, <laughs> the right. challenges that come along
1: which to me is why it's helpful to have a community to fall back on, to be like, oh, now there's this new
0: thing. What do I do now? Yeah. I think the other thing that I grappled with so much, and I feel like I'm in a little better place now, but is there something that I did wrong? that? So my middle kiddo ended up with egg allergy, and knowing some things about the immune system, I start to ask, did I do something? Did I cause this? How can Mm -hmm. I minimize the risk of my kids developing something that I have that I have gone on to be diagnosed with, all those should have's, could haves would have's just trying to remember, like we do the best we can with the knowledge we have. And that's what we have. I hear that sort of thing a lot from the members of our community who
1: aren't moms or parents yet. So they have concerns about am I gonna have a baby who is more likely to develop some kind of autoimmune issue. I think depending on what your diagnosis is, the answer is maybe, but the way I think about it is that like my life is still valuable and wonderful, even though I'm living with this illness. And I would never wish it on my children. It can happen to anyone at any time. It happened to me when I was a completely healthy, active, 25 year old, it can happen. But if it happens to my kids, I will know how to advocate for them to get them treatments quickly and get it straightened out as quickly as possible. And so they will have a better experience than I did because I'll be there for them. That's what I tell people who are considering parenthood is if it's important to you, I don't think having a chronic illness is a reason to give it up. Totally, totally agree of course, if it's something that really
0: concerns you, there are other options for becoming a parent as well. Yeah, that's so true. Would you mind sharing some of the resources available on Mamas Facing Forward? What sorts of things will folks find there if they haven't visited your site? Sure. Basically, you'll find resources there for
1: every stage of parenting, whether you're just considering and you want to figure out questions like these genetic questions or questions about medication. Obviously I am not a doctor, so I don't provide medical advice, but I can direct you to places that give really great information. Like mother to baby, for example, is a really great place to learn about medication exposure for pregnancy and breastfeeding. There's planning resources. There's resources based on my experience and contributed by other members of the chronic illness community about being pregnant with a chronic illness, about bringing home a new baby. I have articles from OTs telling you like how to care for children without hurting yourself if you have a physical chronic illness like, like rheumatoid arthritis. And then it goes through to providing more resources for as your kids get older. Here's 30 ideas for what to do with your toddler if you're not feeling well today. I will say that there's definitely gaps in there and my kids are only getting to the big kids stage now. So that's an area where I need to grow the resources. I don't have as much information up there as I would like as anything basically about adoption because I need to to connect with some people who could provide that insight. I have this whole list of places where I'd like to expand it. Yeah. I don't have anything for dads. I focus on moms just because that's my lived experience. So I understand that situation. There are dads with chronic illnesses too and Granted, some of the parenting information would be relevant, whether you're a mom or a dad, but I'm sure there's some specific dad things that would be good. So I have this whole list of places where I'd like to continue growing the website. And the idea is for it to be a one-stop shop where it's if I have questions about pregnancy or parenting with chronic illness, you can come to the
0: website and find hopefully what you're looking for or a direction to go in at least. I think that's an amazing call to action to our listeners too. If you have personal experience, expertise, or things that maybe fall under those categories you listed, then Mm -hmm. we'll certainly have all of your contact information in the show notes. This is is how we learn and spread the word about these amazing resources that are out there is, you know, kind of lift each other up. And I think there are people who are looking to connect. If you have those experiences and you're willing to share them, it can be
1: really powerful for others who are going
0: through the same thing. Absolutely. When I was diagnosed when my middle, who's now four, was about nine months, I was still nursing her. And so certainly had all these questions you're, you're talking about. Was I going to still be able to nurse her? Because I really mostly enjoyed my breastfeeding relationships with my little <laughs> wife. Mostly recently had my first and hopefully only bout of mastitis and that I would not wish upon my worst enemy. Yeah, that is Um, the worst. (laughs) But ended up, I had an actually a really significant flare about five, six months after I was diagnosed, my liver got incredibly angry. And we were talking about bigger gun meds and somehow avoided them. But that I was able to nurse Josie until I got pregnant with Ollie. She was like two and a half and didn't want to stop. (laughs) I think it's helpful. And I think that's something that I would just say, there are increasingly more physicians who, especially, and I'll say not always, but especially female physicians who feel Really passionately about helping get rid of some of the myths and misperceptions there are about when you need to pump and dump um, mm-hmm. or some of the safety in breastfeeding for a really long time. Was this carte blanche like on anything, like pump and dump without mm-hmm. taking into consideration that recommendation has some significant consequences especially if you're a mama who's already struggling to make enough milk for their baby and so there there is a lot of us in a community called Dr Milk that are trying to bring kind of evidence based medicine to the forefront using resources like you mentioned and there's apps called like Lactamed and other things to feel empowered to push back a little if someone tells you that advice and say hey are those actual recommendations or is that just what you tell everyone
1: I also think if whenever we're talking about breastfeeding that it's important to always mention that breastfeeding is only if you want to and Absolutely. that's what works for yeah. you and your yeah. baby cuz certainly a like a significant discussion about breastfeeding seems to come with a lot of pressure sometimes. And sometimes it isn't what a mom wants, or even if it is what a mom wants, sometimes it's not what they're able to do, especially if you're dealing with a chronic illness. In my personal experience, again, longer ago, when there was less data about medications, I was basically advised to stop breastfeeding so that I could treat my arthritis. And then even later with my third pregnancy, when there was data and I was on a safe treatment. You mentioned mastitis. Since the medications I take to treat my RA suppress my immune system, I was getting repeat mastitis like over and over again to the point where it was making it very difficult for me to parent, not only take care of my baby, but also my other two kids. I made the decision to stop breastfeeding at about eight months because it wasn't sustainable. So I think whenever you talk about breastfeeding, if you want to breastfeed, there's some amazing resources out there to help you navigate your own illness, your own health considerations, and what's safe for the baby. If you don't want to breastfeed or breastfeeding is getting to a point where it's not practical anymore, that's fine too. No one asks my 10-year-old if he was breastfed or not.
0: And my 14-month-old,
1: he's still eating stuff off the floor. Especially with your first baby, it's a really, I struggled with that a lot. It's a really easy thing to get Lost in because when they're tiny, it, that's basically your only job as a parent is like feeding them and keeping them clean. It takes some time to realize that there's so much more to motherhood than how you feed your baby. So you got to take yourself into consideration there. That's something that kind of gets left out sometimes in the to- talk about breastfeeding is, yes. is what's good for the mom t- matters too. Mental what? health
0: and physical health matters. What an amazing time that we live in that we have. A vast majority, I'm sure of folks listening live in a place also where you have, and we have access to safe and nutritious alternatives. Right. Well, not so much recently with whatever was going on with the (laughs) formula, but generally speaking, generally speaking, we are in a much better place than maybe our great grandmas would have been. Yeah.
1: I think it's important to recognize that you always have options and that the, that the health of mom is just as important
0: and taking care of yourself is taking care of your family or your baby because your family is not going to function without you. It's overset at this point, but you really cannot pour from an an empty. That's my favorite one too. Both my sister and I somehow, I don't know how no one else in our family is in medicine where we both ended up as physicians. We both were bottle fed our whole childhood. There's nothing you can do whatever. Yeah. And I I think that's an important conversation. On the flip side, it's okay to
1: mourn if it doesn't turn out the way you want yeah, it to. Absolutely, I was devastated when, with my first, when I stopped, I clawed my way to three months breastfeeding him. But at that point, my body was in such bad shape that I couldn't pick him up. I couldn't take care of him and that wasn't sustainable. And it was okay to feel sad about it, that it wasn't the experience I wanted. I envisioned myself nursing until he was two. And so it's okay. Life throw stuff at you sometimes. And I wish at the time that I had people to talk to, to tell me it's okay, tell me they had been there. Mostly, especially where I live in Boulder, Colorado, it's the crunchiest place ever. The first time I took out a bottle of formula in public, I was like searching around. I felt like people were watching me. There's that pressure. It's helpful to have people to tell you that it's okay.
0: I don't know why I thought of this, but that Ben Stiller movie... With Al Pacino, where they have the, the dad is nursing or the granddad is, is nursing, trying to yeah. nurse, has made this invention where the dad can nurse and that vision of contribute. I like that in years, but that
1: can probably. be a good maybe not with the whole breast contraption, but having dad do some feeds. Can be a good reason to, oh uh, you need extra rest. You're trying to recover, whether you're have a chronic illness or not. It's good for the dad to do some bonding as well. And breastfeeding isn't all or nothing. You can go somewhere in between breastfeeding and formula feeding. There, there's okay. lots of options. Let dad do a couple of those 3 a.m. Feedings so you can sleep through the night.
0: That's no, honestly, that was one of the big changes in my and my husband's relationship and things with our third kiddo was having this knowledge and realization that for my chagrins and for my mental health, I really needed at least three to four hour chunk of sleep. And so we made some adjustments in that way of, okay, who's taking what shift? I think between that and working with my rheumatologist and some other things, like it made all the difference in the world for how that postpartum experience went to prior. It also helps that I knew that in prior instances, I probably had had some untreated postpartum depression and anxiety. And so I talked with my docs and I stayed on meds through the pregnancy and still am on some and that's okay. So that's another area where I have some resources and would like to
1: continue growing them is that if you're living with a chronic illness, it impacts your partner as well. And it impacts your relationship. That's another thing that you need to figure out how to navigate and how to communicate about the way you parent might be different than the way other people parent. So it's something you need to discuss. Having resources to help you figure that out with your
0: partner is also good. Absolutely. Realizing that relationships will evolve and change over this. (laughs) The theme,
1: (laughs) life doesn't necessarily go the way you pictured it. Um, But you can find a way to make it good no
0: matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. So if folks want to check out your website and connect with you, what are the best ways to find you? We'll make sure to list all of these as well. So the website is Mamasfacingforward.com and we have an Instagram account where
1: we share our resources there and try to keep it fun. And then on Facebook, we have a private group that is open to moms and moms to be anyone who identifies with having a chronic illness. I would say the majority of the people in the group are living with some kind of autoimmune condition because that's how the group grows through word of mouth, but it's open to anyone who is or wants to become a mother and identifies with having a chronic illness.
0: Amazing. As you think about kind of advice you would give if you're saying, okay, I want to help someone become more confident in this role of mothering in chronic illness, what advice would you give them?
1: Are there downsides to being a mom with a chronic illness? Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes I have to say no to my kids when I want to say yes. Are there upsides though? I think there are. My kids are very compassionate kids. They have learned that you don't judge somebody by how they look because maybe I look like I'm perfectly fine, but they know that's not always the case. They check on their friends. They're really compassionate. They learn about kindness. And I think they also learn that sometimes being strong doesn't necessarily mean having Superman muscles, but it means trying again tomorrow. If it today doesn't go the way you should. I think these are really important life lessons that they're learning from growing up with a mom who has a chronic illness.
0: Amazing. Instilling resilience from the get-go. Yeah. I like that. I'm working on that with my oldest. It's a work in progress
1: all the time, but it's there yeah. and I see it in them. Not always, yeah. but I do see it. in them, And I do yeah. think that if you want a family, you shouldn't let your own health condition stop you. You're allowed to have a chronic illness and have life goals,
0: whatever your goal, life goals are. Absolutely. Both and not either or. Yeah. And you're not giving over so much control and so much of the decision-making capability to your damn misbehaving immune system.
1: (laughs) I think sometimes you have to work around it. Sometimes you have to change the way you thought it was going to go, but if you have big goals, you shouldn't let go of them, whatever
0: they are. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And I can't wait. We're going to connect again in the coming weeks for the second annual virtual Sjogren's Summit. And oh, I'm really excited. Thank you so much for joining today. It's
1: been wonderful. Thank
0: you for having me. Hope you have a great rest of the week. You too. If you like what you're hearing so far and you think others would benefit from hearing it too, it would be amazing if you would take a few minutes to rate and review the Crunchy Allergist podcast Ratings and reviews are the best way to make podcasts discoverable. I would love it if you'd give me your honest opinion. And of course, a five-star review would be great. If you click the subscribe button, you will automatically receive weekly episodes without needing to do anything else. And if you feel called to share with your friends or family, I would be so grateful. If you'd like to learn more about how we can work together, head over to drcarawada.com.